I'm Dr. Lara Devgan. I'm a plastic surgeon in New York City, the CEO of Scientific Beauty, and of course, a major beauty enthusiast. You are listening to Beauty Bosses, where we chat with fellow industry leaders who are shaping beauty, fashion, wellness, and all things pretty. Hi, everyone. I am so excited about this episode of Beauty Bosses, uh, featuring the amazing Lauren Everett Bostic, who is the founder of The Skinny Confidential, um, a wellness, beauty, skin, life resource for people who have those concerns. So thanks so much for being here virtually. Thank you so much for having me. I'd love to start out by having you tell us a little bit about what The Skinny Confidential is. Yeah, so the Skinny is a cheeky resource for beauty, wellness, and business. And basically, I wanted to create a community of women where it wasn't just about my tips and tricks and my secrets, but more of of um, my tips and tricks and secrets along with other people. So supermodels, the everyday girl, actresses, influencers, kind of in one spot. It's it's, I always say it's like, you know, when you ask that girl in the bathroom, you know, where she got her top and, and she says this old thing and, and you're like, you're like, but where did you get your top? And you really want to know and you really want to know like exactly what the product is, specific details. And so the Skinny Confidential is a place where you can get those really, really specific details. It's not, uh, it's, it's, it's sharing links, it's sharing what fragrances, it's sharing you know, what brands, what's, what's really in their medicine cabinet? What, what are things that they're actually using on a day-to-day basis? Why do they like it? What are products they keep going back to? I wanted to showcase that in one spot. And then I also wanted the community's feedback and I wanted to involve the audience. And um, I started it probably nine years ago and I was attending San Diego State and I just saw a lot of white space. Uh, There were so many sorority girls on campus and they they were paying eight hundred dollars to be a part of this community and to and and to be you know seen and heard and, and share those tips and tricks, but there was nothing online for that. So I wanted to find a way to share the tips and tricks, but not just with people in my area, with people everywhere for free. So you have built a blog, a podcast. Um, an Instagram following. Tell us about um, how big your following is these days. Yeah, so I think that, you know, for me, there's been no, like, overnight success. It's been slowly putting myself out there day after day, seven days a week for nine years. Um, You know, people, you know, say, where should I start? And I'm always like, just start. Put yourself out there, launch fast, adjust to consumer feedback, talk to your community, and, and, continue to practice to put yourself out there. So, um, you know, when I started, I, I had a hundred hits to my blog in a week and I just continued to grow exponentially, I think, because I continued to create quality content that had a valuable takeaway for the audience to apply to their own life. Everything I was creating, I was like, what is the takeaway from this post? It couldn't just be what I was eating and what I was wearing. There had to be more. It had to be how they could take it home and style it and how they could, you know, um, recommend wearing it to a friend or how they could be influential in their own life. There always had to be that takeaway. And I think when you continue to give value to a community, what ends up happening is they become influencers themselves and they go tell all their friends and family. So I really believe the way the Skinny Confidential has grown is because of the people from the beginning. Like instead of looking at getting more followers, I've always concentrated on the followers that I have. 
So you take great care of people who are your true base, and then it just grows organically from there. Yeah, I think that, I think that they become influencers, and in I think everyone's an influencer. When you go out to happy hour with your ten friends and you're telling them something that you found online, you're an influencer. An influencer doesn't have to be someone that has millions of followers on Instagram. Everyone is an influencer in their in their own right, and I think I've always looked at my community as that, and I really think they've like become soldiers for um, for promoting it. I mean, it's definitely. I think grown because I've really focused on the followers that I have, not the followers that I'm trying to get. Which is your kind of biggest and most influential platform at this time? The blog is my mothership. It's always been my mothership because I write on my blog, like I'm having happy hour with you. And I write to one girl. I don't try to write to everyone. I write to that one person. So the blog certainly the mother mothership of, of everything. It's kind of the foundation but what started to happen is that I've started to realize that, that I am obsessed with respecting my audience's time. And when you're reading a blog or you're scrolling through Instagram or you're having someone watch your Instagram stories, that's taking up people's time. So my husband and I sat down and we're like, how can we take this up a level of intimacy and also respect the consumer's time? And that was a podcast. And a podcast, you're community can be getting their nails done or getting a spray tan or cooking or doing groceries or driving their kids to school and something about that just makes me feel really good that that my my community is learning something or they're being entertained or they're laughing but they're also getting something done that's on their to-do list so I'm kind of obsessed with podcasting right now I just feel like the space is so intimate it doesn't have to do with looks which I think is a very big plot twist for influencers. And I think it's certainly the way of the future because what we are selling now is time. Right. And I love podcasting too because it allows you to get something done while you're getting something else done. Like you can listen and enrich your brain and think about stuff, but you're also on your way to the office or you're at the gym on the treadmill. Exactly. And that to me is like, it's it's you can't feel better about that as a creator that the person is learning while they're getting something done. How did you enter into this space? I know you saw all the sorority girls and you felt like you wanted to start a blog. How did the blog take off? I just sat down one day and wrote down everything I love to do and it could have been as stupid as talking on the phone with my grandma. Like I just wrote down every little tiny thing I like to do which was you know, photography, hanging out with my grandma, writing, creating, um, finding angles. And, and when I wrote it all down, I saw the most effective way to put it together would be to create my own job. And um, a blog made the most sense at the time. It was a very undertapped market. I think that a lot of people weren't looking there. And when people aren't looking in an area, I tend to really attack the area. And, um, and, and I saw that there was so much potential and vision with a blog. I knew when I launched my blog nine years ago that I was launching a brand. And so when I, and knowing that, I knew that the blog would be the foundation of the brand. So um, if you're out there and you're listening and you're, and you're stuck on your job or you're trying to find something that you love, I would say write down everything you love on a piece of paper and see how you can turn that into a job. 
And um, a lot of the time you'll find it is a blog because a blog can, can be a niche down interest and you can grow off that and it can turn into so many different things. There's so many ways to monetize. There's so many ways to connect with people. Um, so I would say write down everything you love and from that launch something that you're, that you're passionate about and then create a strategic future. And what I mean by that is create systems to get to the goals that you have. Don't just write down the goals write down the systems you're taking to get there. What are the downsides of being an influencer? Is there anything you don't like about it? I mean, I'm so grateful for for what I do, but there's, of course, there's downsides. There's downsides in everything. I mean, uh, you know, you have to learn when to shut it off. I'm, the second I wake up, the second I go to bed, I'm like, how do I tell the story of this day through Instagram story? And how do I constantly make sure I'm just, uh, distributing the content like if a lot of creators will just create and they're not they're not doing distribution and it's so important to do the distribution side you know there's also the transition of going in as a creator and then understanding that you have to really scale up and be and become a businesswoman so the transition of that has been um it's been difficult because i, I went from being a solopreneur from working for myself for you know five years every single day to having to transition to running a team and being a boss and being a leader. Um, and, and so that was rough. But it just like on, on a micro scale from the day to day, I would say that your to-do list is never done. There's always room to create and there's always that that lingering feeling that you should be doing something. So, um, and that you could be pushing it harder. But I think that you just have to set times in your calendar where where it's like a non-negotiable time. So I meditate every morning for 10 minutes. It's a non-negotiable. Um, you know, once once a month on a Sunday, I'll let my phone die, not even turn it off. I'll let it die. And I'll just, you know, read and, and watch TV and just completely zone out. I think with email, we can get caught up in, in everyone else's to-do list. You know, I will clear my inbox and then I'll go take a shower and, and, and open my email and there's 150 emails. So I think that, like, it's so much stimulation all the time that it can be difficult to know when to scale it back and turn it off and, and, and actually be present in what you're doing. Okay. I think that that's really interesting because there's sort of this new movement towards digital detoxing and all of us have gotten so wedded to our cell phones and our devices that it can be really hard to turn it off. It's so hard to turn it off. And, and it, it, as an influencer, like 5% is in front of the camera. So the 5% that you're seeing in front, in front of the camera, there, there's 95% of other things that maybe people aren't seeing. Um, you know, the, the nights of, of writing and editing and, uh, the business side and the accounting and the taxes and um, and 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 the the um, distributing the content that's that's huge and making sure that all your backlinks are right and just there's so many little tiny things that go into it that your to do list truly is never done. What's your feeling on this whole debate about? photo editing and filtering and Photoshop and Facetune and all of that. Do you do that in your photos and videos? And what do you think of that as kind of a political issue? I think that everyone should do whatever they want. I don't, I don't spend time thinking about what other people are doing. I really think it's a waste of my energy. 
I mean, if you want to face tune your photos and it makes you feel good, I think you should do it. For me, um, I love using the whitening tool on Facetune. I think it's amazing for like whitening your teeth and your eyes a little bit. And I think that there's no shame in using a filter in good light. Like take advantage of it. Um, I'm certainly not going to post a picture that's, that's badly edited with, with bad light on my Instagram feed. That's more for Instagram stories. But at the end of the day, I really think that you should just do whatever you want and whatever makes you happy. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that this era of one set of rules that everyone has to abide by is very outmoded and limiting. And, you know, there are many different ways to be your best self, and everyone has their own script. I completely agree with you. I could not agree with you more. I was having a conversation with um, some people that are 60-plus yesterday, and I was telling them how my generation just feels really liberated to do whatever it is we want to do and be to the tune of our own drum and, and, and not go, not read from society's rule books. Like each person is an individual. They make their own individual choices. And it doesn't look like it used to look in the 50s with, you know, the 2.5 kids and the white picket fence. There's so many different kinds of families now and ways to do things. And you don't have to have kids at a certain time. You don't have to be married at a certain time. I've always lived by, ever since I was little, I mean, I can remember being like three years old by beating to the tune of my own drum and doing what works for me. I stay in my own lane and I'm not focused on what other people are doing or what the rule book is. And I wish that there were a little bit more of that. Um, So now I want to talk to you a little bit about some of the kind of controversies and stuff like that that we hear about with Um, influencers. And um, one of the things that I have been reading a lot about is um, that the concept of influencers is changing and it's kind of a bubble. I was reading somewhere it's a bubble that's going to burst because um, influencers are blurring this line between what is um, paid for content and what they really think. And, um, you know, there's all this intense focus um, from the FTC on how to correctly label your comp goods and stuff like that. What is your whole take on this topic? I mean, I think you should always abide by the FTC's guidelines. I, I don't know why you wouldn't. I don't think that's a long-term strategy. Uh, as far as, as what I choose to do for partnerships and, and sponsorships, I definitely make sure that my audience knows that it's sponsored or an ad. And I really only, I mean, I turned down 95% of the sponsorships that I'm approached by. So I think if you're an influencer out there and you're listening, it's really important to have a long-term strategy. I've seen a lot of influencers shoot themselves in the foot because they take on too many collaborations um, or or they maybe mislead their audience. And it's just, to me, it's like so short-term. What I've chosen to do is not put all my eggs in the collaboration and partnership basket. I... And very, very, very focused on a very long-term vision. The partnerships to me are like, if I was baking a cake, it's like, it's it's like maybe the salt. It's it's not my flour. It's not my sugar. It's not it's not that big of my pie. Um, it, it's it's amazing to to work with brands that I've always loved and that I use. But at the end of the day, like it's not what's really going to move the needle for my brand. And I really love what you're doing with your branding because um, it feels very authentic. And I think that 
you know, I, I'm curious if this is your advice to people who are starting out or who are trying to build an influential platform like yours. Um, but one thing that I that I've noticed is that I always appreciate it when people's advice seems to be organic. When yes, you may have a sponsorship or something with somebody, but if it's a product that you live and breathe and use and love, then you can tell it kind of comes across differently. And there's still an authenticity to something like that. It just is a way for, you know, this new, our new generation to, um, to kind of build a business out of opinions and authenticity and experiences. Yeah. I mean, I think that for me, I'm incredibly patient. Like I have such I feel like I haven't even done anything that I want to do yet. I still have so much more to do that I went into this business knowing that I wasn't going to make money for a very long time. And I didn't make a dime for three years. So for me, and I was blogging seven days a week. So I think like for me to take on a sponsorship for a big amount of money that I don't like or I don't use, would be shooting myself in the foot and it's it's very short term and i also think that as an influencer it's very very important to think a to z so instead of me thinking i'm going to promote this coat and then my audience is going to buy it because they trust me instead of thinking like that i think i'm going to promote this coat that i love and i'm going to sell it to a girl in my audience and she's going to wear this coat and she's going to tell every single one of her friends about this coat and they're going to go buy the coat and then they're going to tell all their friends about this coat. And I think when you start thinking like, like is the consumer just going to buy the eye drops that you're recommending and put them in the back of her drawer and never look at them again? Because if that's the case, sure, you've made the sale, but you haven't made a, a, a lasting, impacting, product-obsessed junkie with the eye drops. Like I want people to be obsessed with the products I recommend. Um, and, and I, like I want, I want to be a practitioner of the products before I recommend them. And I think when you continue to recommend products that are amazing and life-changing and ones that you continue to keep buying, not just buy once, but you continue to go back to and they're like, holy grail items. I think that's when you've really built the community and that's when you've really built the trust. Yeah, I really love that because trust is everything, whether you're, you know, in my business, like as a plastic surgeon, or whether you're in the business of media or press or, you know, being an influencer, which I think is some of all of those things wrapped into one. Um, you know, what Agreed. I want to talk about now is if you can tell us a little bit about um, the business side of what you do. So, you know, the focus of this podcast is really looking at people who are making waves in the business space, and you're definitely doing that in, in such an awesome, creative way. But could you give a little bit of color to um, how to make a business out of being a blogger and give some advice to people who are looking to monetize their passion? My first advice would be don't be looking to monetize right away. And and I I think that that 99% of people ask me how to make money in blogging, and it's it, the wrong intention to go into it. You have to love creating. It's like going into to being a writer to make money, an author to make money. It's, you have to love the process of creating 
And I think when I first started, I was bartending and I was teaching pure bar and I was going to school full time. And I just loved creating content. And I think that the intention of, of how I loved it so much really showed through the screen. I really did not think about money for three years. And I think with that, the, the intention showed to the audience. So if you're out there and you're listening and you want to start a blog or be an influencer, instead of asking yourself, how do you make money? I would reframe the question to how do I provide value? And, and I would be incredibly patient with it. I think as an influencer, if you go into it with those, those two priorities of how do I provide value and how can I continue to do this and be patient and do it consistently with quality, the money comes. And it really does. It, it comes. So try to reframe the question if you're out there listening of how do I make money to how do I provide value. I like that because the passion comes first. You know, you can make a living doing almost anything, but life is a finite amount of time that we have on this planet. And you have to figure out what you really like to do. And then once you do that and you do it well, you're going to find a way to make your ends meet. Exactly. And even more than passion, and I'm sure you know this as a plastic surgeon, is execution. You know, people sit around and talk about passion and, 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 um, and, and their dreams or their ideas, but the execution is the secret ingredient. And I'm sure you worked your ass off to get to where you are as a plastic surgeon. I can only imagine how many times you had to kick yourself in the ass and actually execute. Right. And I think anyone who is really successful is doing that. Like there's definitely some drive and self-discipline involved. Wouldn't you agree? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's so there. I always say like, people are like, how are you inspired? And then 20% of the time I'm inspired. The other 80% I'm totally completely uninspired. <laughs> So what does a day in your life look like? Maybe you can give us a little sketch of like a sample day or week in your life. What kinds of things are you doing and how are you filling the time? What percentage of time is like the back end blogging, writing? What percentage is activities and shooting and creating content? Tell us what you do. Every single day is different. There's not one similar day, but I will say I do a lot of time batching. And I've found that this is like the recipe for me after blogging for nine years. And what time batching is, it's when you put everything on one day that you're doing. So all my conference calls are normally on Wednesday. Um, I'll do podcast interviews on Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, I'll shoot content on Friday or Saturdays, and the whole day will be dedicated to that. Um, you know, I'll, I'll make sure I have a workout every single morning. I think that that sets the tone of my day. Uh, but definitely, I, I love sleep. I'm a huge sleeper. If I don't sleep, I'm a terror. So a lot of sleep at night. Uh, I try to get at least eight hours of sleep for sure. Um, and then the the rest of the day is filled with chaos. It's like, it, it, like I'll give you an example. Today, we're getting together all the content for Thanksgiving to do Instagram stories pushes and Facebook pushes and then a blog post to recap all of that. So I'm on the phone with my editor and my manager making sure that everything's ready to go and the content's laid out. Um, then other times we'll be sitting at the computer editing video and making sure that it's flowing the way I want and it has the right fonts and graphics. Um, and then yesterday I was in an accounting meeting for eight hours. So it just every single day is very, very different. I think that, that 
I really, really try, though, to make sure that I'm doing two things every day, and that is being really active on Instagram stories because I think it's like a behind the scenes and also connecting with the community. So I'll take like an hour a day at least to go through my DMs and, you know, make sure that I'm engaging and, and answering questions because I feel like I would not have this platform if I didn't have the people that have been supporting it for so long. So it's really important for me to stay connected with the audience. What is your kind of secret sauce for your Instagram page? I would say that it's, I, I would say it's a lot of white. It's picking um, certain colors and sticking with them. Like you won't see a lot of brown on my Instagram. You won't see a lot of green. You won't see a lot of yellow. I think you have to pick the tones that you want and stick with it. Um, I also think that the caption is 60% of it because the most important thing about social media is you're being social. If you post a hot photo of yourself and you have nothing to say under the caption, I'm going to unfollow you after six months because what value is that providing me? So I think the caption is incredibly important. I think a crisp photo is important. I like to shoot in natural light if I'm doing a flat lay. Um, I'm having a moment right now with the flash photography, but I always will make sure it's white in the background. I'd like pops of black too. I think that's nice on the eyes. And, you know, I really, really take my time. If I'm taking a picture of, you know, product, I don't just take five pictures. You know, I take 100 photos. I really take time to pick the one I want. I add flair to it, whether that's like a light flare or like some grain or like I really take my time on each photo. I look at each photo as a different strategy and I make sure that each photo has a strategy. So I don't just post to post. Like there's always a strategy behind it on how I'm going to push it out, how it's going to flow with the feed, what's the caption, how is it valuable? Like it really is asking yourself all these questions and people may think that that's stupid, but I think to build a successful Instagram account, you have to look at each photo and caption individually instead of collectively. And then, of course, it has to flow with the entire aesthetic. Like, I want to be able to look at the full feed, and it, there, there's a story there. It's not just, like, five pictures in a row of me in the street or five selfies in a row. Like, there has to be some kind of story. And it's really beautifully done. I really like Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, you know... I, if anyone wants to see when I first started, go back to the first, you know, 20 photos of Instagram and you can really see how the brand has evolved. And it just shows you that I still have a long way to go, but everyone starts somewhere. You have to just start. Everyone starts somewhere. My first photos were like the worst you've ever seen. So you were mentioning that you have a lot of goals for the future. What are those goals? Definitely a lot of live in-person meetups, whether that's like a live tour for podcasting to meet a lot of the Skinny Confidential readers. Um, definitely another book. And eventually product. And the product will be something that is not white labeled, that I'm not slapping my name on for money. It's going to be something that's very niche down to the community. The community builds with me or I get their input. Um, and it will be – I will – be patient and wait until it's just right for them. I, I definitely not just, I've, I mean, I've been 
blogging for nine years. And so to just put a product out there without a lot of thought wouldn't be the right decision. So product eventually. um, And just more connecting with the community, being in a secret Facebook group, podcasting, interviewing interesting people, and um, continuing to create content. Well, that's amazing. It has been so much fun chatting with you, and I really thank you for your time. I feel like I could talk to you all day. Um, and where can people find you? They can find me on theskinnyconfidential.com and the Skinny Confidential him and her on iTunes and then at the Skinny Confidential on Instagram. Amazing. Thank you so much, Lauren. Thank you for having me. That was fun.